Welcome to the Dear Food Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Fixie, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. This podcast can be used alongside workbook three of Dear Food, I Love You, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me, the Purple Workbook. Let's jump in to today's topic, chapter one in workbook three titled, If Food is Good, Does That Make It Bad? Introducing the Dear Food Podcast with your host, Julia Fixie. Join me as I explore the complex relationship between food, emotions, and spirituality. If you struggle with overeating, weight gain, or food addiction, this podcast is for you. Episodes will feature practical tips, inspiring stories, and expert interviews to help you shatter food strongholds to achieve lasting health and joy. Without further delay, here is another episode of the Dear Food Podcast. I love the fresh, hope-filled anticipation of one day being the hot girl in hot girl summer when I hold a brand new diet book in my hands. I crack open the beautiful, glossy cover, smell the fresh ink, and bam, right there on the first few pages is the stunning list of foods the program allows. After a brief scan of the page, I realize there are a lot of foods I don't like and several I've never even heard of. And does parsley really count as a vegetable? Next, I haul that big old book to the grocery store. Do I get extra points for bicep building? And lay it across a seat intended to hold a small child. Next, I spend hours scouring the aisles, searching for and buying ingredients I've never seen before and don't know how to use. They may go in my basket and make it to a shelf of the fridge, only to rot and never get as far as my cutting board, let alone my belly. Better yet, there are the pre-packaged food programs. Tasty. Those dehydrated plastic-wrapped delights also end up in the trash, if not behind the stockpile of post-apocalyptic emergency canned tuna in the garage. With an expiration date of October of 2136, I'm sure I'll eat it someday. As a result, every can of tuna reminds me that I wasted a bunch of money on food I never ate, weighed 20 more pounds than when I bought it, and all the dreams that died because I didn't have enough inner iron to starve myself in the name of hot girl summer. Why didn't that program work for me? It looked so good in the commercial and held so much hope when it arrived in the glossy packaging. Now the food takes up valuable storage space on my last resort food shelf. If I don't wanna eat it now, will I really wanna eat it after a natural disaster? As I envision it there now in a dark corner collecting dust, I think to myself, Maybe I'll die in a nuclear blast and won't have to eat it after all. And that, my friend, is how much I don't want to eat the nasty food sent to me in the glossy packaging with the promise it would make me thin and beautiful, but never did. I was in a program once that said I could not eat grapes because they were too high on the glycemic index. Another program told me no cottage cheese for you because it had too much sodium. Another program said I could only eat their branded products and green vegetables. Which green vegetables were the right green vegetables? Only the ones that tasted like dirt. Uh, Okay, technically it didn't say that in the food list, but Swiss chard for breakfast, really? Bottom line, as it is with many diet plans, if I eat kale, I'm good. If I eat potatoes, I'm bad. And if I eat brownies, I'm cuffed and sent straight to junk food junkie jail. Foods are often given a moral value because we or others label the food good or bad. In other words, this food is saint food and that food is sinner food. 
In doing this, we subconsciously or consciously celebrate or condemn our character for eating this food or that. Tell me if this sounds familiar. That 10 layer chocolate cake is sinful. I'll be good and have a salad. You're so wicked for bringing the cheesecake. There has to be a better way. Food has scintillated and tortured us. We've used it for health, happiness, and harm. But in and of itself, a singular food isn't and doesn't make us holy or unholy. It's simply a created thing here on earth that exists as an inanimate object with the purpose of enjoyable nourishment. To give food the power to make us a good person or a bad person, number one gives food too much power over our identity and worthiness. And number two, it takes the power away from Jesus to give us our identity as his chosen person. He being the one who makes us holy through his love, death, resurrection, and saving grace. Jesus is the judge of character and hearts. See John 5, 26 through 29. If we allow what we eat to be the deciding factor of our goodness or badness, we're taking away Jesus's rightful role as judge, handing that job over to food and missing out on Jesus's grace. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Without grace, we are trapped in a cycle of eating, which is works-based shame and guilt that was nailed to the cross a long time ago. We have attached a proverbial ball and chain of eating works to our leg that holds us in place and makes us feel like we're locked in junk food junkie jail without realizing the lock around our ankle is broken. Jesus broke it. We're actually free, but not living in freedom. We can just take off the ball and chain of food shame and walk away, walk out of prison and into freedom. Let's take that ball and chain of eating guilt off our person and walk into freedom, shall we? You see, we are free, whether we live in freedom or not. We are free thanks to the precious love and blood of Jesus. Food doesn't get to tell us if we're good or bad. It doesn't remotely have that kind of power. Jesus has that power. He says you are holy and beloved child of God saved by grace. See Colossians 3.12 and Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Being a slave to man-made rules about anything, including food, can turn even diets into a form of religious behavior. If you have a diet that you expect will help you manage your food, that can be really helpful. But if you have a diet that you expect is going to fix your life and change you forever to be a better person and increase your worth, that's putting false hope in a false solution. Diet culture can become a form of religion if we put our faith in it. Put your faith and hope in Jesus and be free. In workbook three, we're going to talk about eating food as free people, free from food addiction, free from food shame and food guilt, free from man-made food rules, freedom from being defined by what we eat, freedom to walk away from the food ball and chain and make our own healthy living choices with the Lord. Are you ready to walk in food freedom? Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, as we reflect on the trappings of food and food programs, we ask that you will come alongside us and teach us how to eat well for our body according to your wisdom and leading. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How will you celebrate what you did today to grow your health, wellness, joy, and journey to food freedom? I'd like to suggest tying a red ribbon to your keychain to remind you that Jesus' death and resurrection and his love for you personally unlocked your chains. You're not a slave to anything. 
not food, not food programs, not your past. As your keys jingle and you see that red ribbon, take a moment to thank Jesus for being the key to your freedom. As Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You are beautiful. Your goal to be healthier is important. And Jesus loves you deeply and wants to help you in your journey to food freedom. Wow, we've covered a lot today. You can dive much deeper into this topic in the Dear Food, I Love You, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me Workbook 3. Experiencing this topic using the workbook will give you much more insight and help as you process your experience and next steps with the Lord. In the workbook, you'll find helpful questions for heartfelt reflection, prayer prompts, worksheets, and even more Bible verses, verse cutouts, tools and tips, and even a playlist. Don't miss out on all the extras you'll benefit from on this topic and more in the Dear Food Workbooks. Grab your copies online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and Target. Also, if this episode has been helpful, please share a positive review, either on Amazon for the book or this platform for the podcast. Leaving a review is so important because it can change someone's life by providing the reassurance and encouragement they need to take the next step to food freedom by starting the Dear Food program and joining the Dear Food family. Get even more encouragement by following me on Instagram at Julia Fixie, J-U-L-I-A-F-I-K-S-E, or at Dear Food Study on Facebook and X, formerly known as Twitter. This podcast is released on many formats. Never miss an episode drop by joining the mailing list on Substack at dearfood.substack.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, follow, and share with a friend who is still carrying around the ball and chain of food. Thank you for being here. Thank you for blessing me and the Dear Food community. I'll see you next time. Until then, may we be food faithful together. Thanks for listening to the Dear Food Podcast with your host, Julia Fixie. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms to never miss an episode. And if you're struggling with food and seeking lasting health and joy, be sure to grab a copy of Dear Food, I Love You, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me, available on Amazon. Join our community and get involved by visiting our website and signing up for our newsletter. Let's break food strongholds together.